0: Black, episode 133. And we we getting close to 150,
1: bro. I know, bro. I just... I try to take it for what it is, but there is sometimes I'm like, damn, I just... I don't know. I guess it's that obsession again, kicking in. <laughs> you just get like, upset, obsessed with accomplishing things. <laughs> right. It is an accomplishment every time we drop an episode, but I am uh, hyper-focused. Well, you bringing it to 150, I was looking at 200. So even 150 is...
0: Can bring some steps in, and processes, in, you know?
1: <laughs> make something a little bit more obtainable. But you see these podcasts that be having like thousands of episodes, bro.
0: that's all they do.
1: It's also psychotic to compare a two-person theme to
0: To six person <laughs> in-house production studio, a corporation. You feel me? But also
1: that's what we need though, because if we think in um like combating Western propaganda, like how yeah, you much you know, like the new, how many news like channels they got. How many corporate-backed podcasts? I mean, bro, I'm
0: just you know I, don't, I watch the news in the morning. Yeah, and so when it's a commercial, then I go to the next channel. Yeah, <laughs> it's a commercial. I go to the next channel. Commercial. I go to the next channel.
1: Man. you look at a lot of podcasts. they be able to do like uh like daily shows. Yeah. To like give uh, and that's what's missing. Is specifically in like the revolutionary sector where um uh, we call it I don't know I just didn't feel like call it the left but that's what's mm-hmm. missing on the left right where You have it, but it's all, like, you can consider, like, Twitter, like, daily news, but knowing that that is curated and facilitated by U.S. intelligence operators, it makes it to where, like, there's still that, uh, what the left is missing is daily news that's rooted in historical and dialectical materialism, right, with, like, a full objective analysis of history and uh, the process of what's led to present-day conditions, like, that's what's missing. So, I, I feel like if we, but you already said it, that's what folks, that's all they have to do. If we were able to do that, though, like, a real, like, daily show, we're able to, like, in 10 minutes, just explain, like, to combat some Western propaganda. Like, no, that's not what's happening. It would be, that's what's missing for sure. Yeah. That's what's for sure.
0: Nah, definitely. I think it's in our future. Yeah. It's in our future to be able to have a a persistent, I mean, this is a persistent podcast, but a more persistent daily Show Ty vibe. we just, you know, it's probably a good transition into our Patreon, you know what I'm saying? We, the more support we get, the more we're able to expand, you know what I'm saying? So, Hire Patreon, Patreon.com slash Hell Black Pod, you know, real, uh, <laughs> real black business, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, black owned, we
1: black owned. <laughs> black owned, bro. And if you can't support monetarily, uh, again, a like, a subscribe, a comment, a review. On wherever you get your podcast from, our YouTube channel, whatever. Although we don't have much content on YouTube. A follow or share on or retweet, whatever. Post into your story on Instagram. There are many ways that you can support us that don't just have to be uh, via money. So however you can support, we appreciate it. And however you've been supporting, we are grateful.
0: Yeah. Keep at it, man. So again, go to our Patreon, patreon.com. So I how Black like pie, you know? Got some content up there, unreleased content as well. So, sport the real, man. Come on. We got a a good episode. Good episode today. You know, before we get into the content of that, you know, we've been disciplined about our Black Joy section. So, shout out to the people who have posted their own Black Joy, DM'd it, Twitter DM, Instagram DM, dropped it on Patreon. You know, we only got one person this week, but that's that's progress. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, we take gonna, what we can get gonna start with start with his his right. um
1: is this what what uh platform is this from
0: instagram instagram that, see that, that. it's just shows and I'm checking the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> uh his brown name is is Tyler he said that for black joy uh he said he recently purchased a new roller skating set up, and that it uh in Ohio it runs deep out there, especially with uh the funk music that originated here in the seventies. The funk originate in Ohio? I was going to say, some might argue. Some might argue that that happened in Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe the funk scene was vibrant can in the say, 70s. We can say
1: it's New African. New African, definitely. Yeah, because it's New African for sure. We won't
0: get into the uh, sectarian <laughs> divides of yeah. different locales. But, uh, yeah, talked about getting some new roller skates and that, that's a passion. And that in Ohio, um, a lot of the rink owners is racist and, you know, try to keep the quote-unquote urban crowd away. So, he said that's his uh his passion and his joy is, is roller skating.
1: Appreciate you sharing, bro. Hopefully you know you were able to what do they say shred and roller roller no roller skating, yeah. Do they say shred? I don't Whatever. Know. Just, sh- know.
0: shred is is that is that more Shred sh- is more like rollerblading and skateboarding.
1: Yeah, all right. Shred on Snowboarding.
0: <laughs> you know. But yeah, bro, I hope that's, you hope you have a amazing time. I thought roller skating is uh, kinda taking a it's been, like, revived a lot, you know? Like Shout you know, out Bow
1: Wow, roll bounce.
0: <laughs> you see a lot of uh people in Oakland roller skating more now, too. Like, by the lake and stuff like that. I've, I've seen that a lot more than, than it used to be. Probably definitely a pandemic influenced that in some way. Jacqueline was way.
1: Roller, roller skating for a minute, too. For real? Yeah, her and her sisters. That shit hard. It is. I can rollerblade, but I can't. I was the nigga who would bring his rollerblades to the roller skating rink. <laughs> God, that is so... I'm looking back. Because you know you used to have Milpitas. Have yeah. you been there before? The Milpitas skating rink? I don't know if it's still... I might yeah, have a sense. for show Closed. Then they had the little spot in Bay Street for like two weeks or something like that.
0: I think it reopened. I don't know. It
1: was a front. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, was somebody,
0: but it was watching somebody, it was watching somebody.
1: <laughs> it was there for two weeks Alright let's say A month at, a month or two months at best And there was never anyone in there Like I remember one of my cousins She roller skates She was posted it like God this shit is dry <laughs> like, But yeah To your point there There is a roller skating community In the Bay Area for sure And We could definitely Chase it back to like The disco funk era All that kind of stuff right Yeah, yeah. But it, like you said It's hard I, I don't understand Maybe it was the uh, like The Dimension of the skate To where it's like You know you got the Four wheels Then when you got the Stopper on the front Stopper on the front and shit um, it's was like, It's kind of hard to balance
0: For me I got flat ass feet So by the time I'm Ten minutes in Feet hurting can Feet lobbing and shit Barely
1: Damn for real
0: I can but like I was just like <laughs> Wobbling bro I was like bro Let me get you know The little penguins That they give the kids You know who can ice skate on? Hello
1: Will Is all uh, Zola can ice skate Hello Will For real Yeah But her, her dad used to Play like hockey and shit Like she's raw Her and Kaya I wanted to say I want to give I want to say Kaya's bro, But Zola's actually like Can actually ice skate Yeah I can ice skate too My sister had a birthday party There one year When she You was, like raw You be able yes, to like Go hello fast and like, shit yes. What the fuck <laughs> I'm a new African I can do anything Except roller <laughs> skate <laughs> How can you It seems like it would be harder I just never grew up Doing that for some reason And it's not It's the The A roller Ice skate is similar To a roller blade And to where it's like The one line right Of Yeah What what you're balancing on I remember I've also only roller skated Like one or two times But I just remember Like having trouble Like finding my balance Because of the Again like the dimensions Of the skate Like it's more square Yeah and it was like Kind of like that But roller blade And ice skate And I took to that super easy And we used to have A fucking Iceland down the street from my auntie Kathy's house. Like yeah. I was walking distance and then the Oakland ice skating rink. I don't know if that's still there. Yeah, it's
0: still there. Yeah. Well, I just, I just the, grew up on that I still
1: And you know like Rocket Power and all that shit.
0: That, that shit. Rocket Power is my favorite shit.
1: Yeah. I didn't know you couldn't ice skate though, bro. That's sad. we going to have to go in the, in the winter. You know they be having this shit in outdoor in Bay Street, outdoor in Frisco. <laughs> yeah, hey, I did it in Frisco maybe three, four years ago. He was falling. Nah. One of my sisters fell so, so many times. She had a concussion. <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't falling. <laughs> she felt so I'm good. just
0: like hell, like Bruh You know me. I get frustrated when I can't do some shit either. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, like <laughs> uh, I was just trotting. Trotting would be the best way. But I was like, man, that shit. Feet hurting this. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: like, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun for sure. We got we got to get into it. What's, what's your Black Joy?
0: Black Julie, shoot, it, I've been, this, this past week, just start my morning with uh, cold showers.
1: As a result of, like, your Black August
0: Yeah, so, right like, we were doing this thing within our organization um, called, like, Commitment Cards with Commitment Comrades. So, basically, with the tenants of Black August, study, fast, fight, train, having goals for the week, writing it down on a card, and then committing it to someone within the cadre, and then that person, you check in with that person, you know, a couple times a week to see how your commitments is going. Um, so one of my commitments was to start my mornings with a cold shower. Um, and then I've been going like outside, sitting on the porch for like 10 minutes and just getting sunlight in. And that's actually, uh, it's been grounding. I feel like it's been helping like my mental, uh, I guess mental health, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the shower too is grounding cause I'm like, all right, I'm doing this obviously with the black August, but also trying to get, you know, the, the benefits out of it that, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of health benefits with it. Um, but it's been grounding into, like, my day, into the work that I got to, you know, accomplish. So that's been – I've been finding the joy in, in starting my days, taking more time for myself rather than just getting up and going, you know what I'm saying? So that's my joy. What about yeah, you?
1: That, that always helps. Uh, there was, like, a time where I was waking up and doing, like, walks around the neighborhood for, like, a month or two, and I was – it was super calming and grounding. Now I – Making, I think I was doing that up until we like left for uh Africa. You know, I haven't gotten back into it, but now, like waking up in the morning and having to make myself breakfast before a certain time, like making waking up and making breakfast every day at the same time, has provided some of that kind of grounding. um Like being super intentional to like not be on my phone while I eat breakfast, to not watch TV while like to not watch. Uh, like, listen to speeches or music or not watch, uh, like, a documentary or interview, you know, and just really just eat my food. Uh, so, I guess, it's like, it's all this other forms of meditation in a sense. It might not be the kind where you sit down and, you know, you, like, really focusing on breath. But just sitting down on the porch and hearing the birds chirp and, you know, getting that sunlight, it's all a form of meditation.
0: I've seen the, uh, what's them birds that be chipping the wood? Uh... A woodpecker? a woodpecker, yeah. <laughs> I was like,
1: there's a woodpecker on that tree. I was like, what
0: the? I ain't never seen it. Like, I feel like I only see the motherfuckers in like cartoons and shit. Ain't it wild how it forces
1: you to like actually pay attention
0: to what's around you? <laughs> yeah, bro, Like you, you become more mindful.
1: It's yeah, mindful, you know? <laughs> especially if your whole day is like geared around uh productivity, yeah, which so many of us are as a result of capitalism, right? Not saying it empty, but like it's what George Jackson talks about in Soul brother, right? Where you spend your time either in transit to the job, at the job. In transit Home from the job Recovering from the job <laughs> You know Taking a shower Eating Like think about How much time You literally don't have To just sit down And like Be mindful And be present Yeah You think that's something You're gonna carry with you Out of uh,
0: Yeah definitely Out definitely. of I've August. been uh, You know I've been uh, Like doing some I, I guess research Or listening to this Like neuroscientists Mm -hmm. around just, you know, even, you know, I used to read a lot on my Kindle and Mm -hmm. there was a research that showed that reading on your Kindle, like your breath is different and you have like more carbon monoxide because you're not sighing as you naturally would when you read. And then his thing was also saying that it's proven um, like yo dopamine gets released in your brain when like when you first wake up, one of the first things you need to do is get like sunlight and that helps like wake up your mind and your brain and your like your body and your like biological clock. So you were saying that, and you were saying uh, uh, like cold showers in the morning also like are good for your uh, system, like your your neuro system and stuff like that. You know, so I've just been trying to take those things, mm-hmm. especially if we think about how society and technology uh, has developed human society in, in positive ways, but also negative ways. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Especially if we think about scrolling or Kindles or different things that humans have created to where there's also some detriments with it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, just, yeah, I'm definitely trying to do more things just to make my mind stronger, you know, and and do what's best for my body, you know. Um, so, I'm definitely going to try and uh, keep some of them. I don't know about a cold shower every morning, but <laughs> that should kind
1: of be hard sometimes. I mean, uh, you just go straight to cold? No, no, no. You, start,
0: you, know, somewhat, like you start somewhat warm and then yeah. inch it down, inch it down, inch it down, inch it down until it's, like, pretty cold. And then... I do it to where it's pretty much freezing, then I hop out.
1: Yeah, that's how I essentially shower all the time. For real? Yeah, just because... <laughs> yeah. Hot-ass showers. Maybe at night, in like the winter, but outside of that, you know, it's you got to cool off and shit. I, I Bro, try I'm used to, to taking scorching showers.
0: Oh, hell no. Nah. I don't know what it is. I, that's what I'm used to doing, is just taking scorching-ass showers. I don't have the time.
1: <laughs> Usually when I'm like after like after showers. I'm doing something, right? And so, like, but after I work out, yeah. I usually don't, I don't take a hot ass shower because then I'm like, oh, I'm at the shower, then sweating. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I usually start like warm and then work my way down, and I tend to be uh, like I feel a little bit more energetic. Yeah. Afterwards, but I my joy was uh the Tuesday session of cadre one yesterday for uh, Soledad, brother, for those who aren't familiar, for a part of people's programs, membership process, in addition to uh, coming to programs, we also have uh, our political education, right, where we ground you in the ideologies, philosophies, and frameworks, and methodologies that govern the organizations, that governs our organization as a revolutionary nationalist cadre organization. Um, And so we have 10 books, they're not the only books that you read, but they're like the books that we meet on. Of course, we're like other resources that we send folks in terms of books, essays, interviews, documentaries, et etc. Uh, and yeah, yesterday was just we. Yesterday for well, yesterday we did solo that brother, um, which is amazing because it aligns with Black August. And we just did a. We had a lot of conversations around like class struggle, around fascism, around capitalism, around. Uh, personal development, and it was a really, it was a a very well-rounded class in the sense that, like, everyone was participating, uh, and we were, like, struggling through contradictions with 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 it uh, as it pertains to our understandings of systems, methodologies, values, practices, whatever, and, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And it's, it'd be hard, you know, because we do them uh, for Cadre 1. We do them Tuesdays and Thursdays for Cadre 2. It's Monday and Thursday. And it's always in the evening, you know, so to get people. And you see the, the shifts that we've made from last year when we even longer. I guess, like, when we started doing revolu- the beginning of last year, maybe, when we started doing, like, revolutionary suicide and what is Marxism all about and Assata, Uh And you have people just, like, basically like sitting there in silence, right, for whatever reasons, tired lack of understanding all very common and natural things excuse me but yesterday it was just on point you can witness people's political growth like people's understanding um and even if we don't understand it the way that we're working through our lack of understanding with very in ways that also points to our understanding if that makes sense right well, okay we might not understand class struggle for national unity in its entirety but we the folks at least have like these a very like a solid foundation to where now we're talking about like the the progress of it right the dialectical part of it to where we get from here 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 still in this phase in this first phase um, to about fascism and realizing that folks understand capitalism imperialism neocolonialism and now we're just starting to work around what fascism truly is because in spaces like this you use words so often that if you see it in the context you believe you, you just assume you understand what it means, right? Or you do understand the definition of something, and then you falsely believe that you automatically know how to apply it or make sense of it, no matter the context, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just dope to see everybody, like, working through their contradictions.
0: No, I think that's the, that's the beautiful part of, of true political education because you're able to see the growth of someone from the first book to the tenth book, you know what I'm saying? Someone mm-hmm. who might be nervous and, and not like to speak, and then by the tenth... 10th book, you feel me? they the first one with their hand raised, you know what I'm saying? So it's uh, beautiful to be able to evolve or see people evolve in real time yeah. and being, you know, we always evolving with people too in different ways. Maybe the way we talk about it or the, maybe the way we teach it. Hell yeah. You know, it's our, the, the different approaches, you know what I'm saying, that we might take. It's trial and error from, from the facilitator to the person engaging in the cadre. You know what I mean? So that's what's up, bro. And,
1: and when you start to make sense of how So much of education and this type of uh, revolutionary political education, uh, the ways that it can be, like, co-opted or reduced in a sense, right? Like, if you consider a space like Twitter, where, again, we're talking about an app that's curated and facilitated by U.S. intelligence. The Uh, algorithm. You know? Algorithms be
0: insane, bro. Like... Like, it would really be insane. You feel yeah. me? Even, like, I think about, I was just thinking about, like, like my Instagram algorithm and, like, the stories it shows first. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just repeat the same story over and over. I'm like, bro, why is why why
1: is this nigga Brazy's story keep showing up, even though I've already watched it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this weird algorithm. But, but, think, but think about how you start to understand education, right? Where it's just, yeah. like, as a result of the foreign board culture, you just... Read things, see it in the context, think you understand it, then you start to speak on it from an expert standpoint, or like you're just so 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 sure of yourself. Or with and then the, you get rewarded yeah. on it
0: based off of likes and retweets and follows, and it's tricks people into thinking, you know, or a even lot of it gives you, dopamine responses yeah. to people in their brain.
1: Or even when you're wrong and like folks don't engage you in a proper, you know, like a in a, I we always say a proper Slam way, dunk, you know, like you know? yeah, it's like gotcha the gotcha culture where if you're wrong in these type of spaces. Um, which, If you're wrong in these type of spaces You bark that You make to feel less than And then if you come from the You know, the academy Where it's all about Again, gotcha and one-upping And then finding flaws in your analysis um, You know, with, or you have like the book club Where for the meetings of book clubs That I've been to You know, it's, if you don't have Someone in there with a full understanding of ideology, whose morals and values are aligned with heightening the conscious, consciousness of people and pointing them in the right direction, so that it will lead to material impact, uh, which isn't common in a lot of these book club spaces. Now y'all just in there talking about feelings, and you know, is sitting in the echo chamber. And so, what, what the correct? political education should look like for cadres organizations is combating all those things to where, boom, making sure people fully understand and giving examples when people are wrong, guiding them in the most educative and kind ways possible to the correct answer, Um, and finally, again, so if we're talking about uh, not knowing the correct answer, we're talking about gotcha culture, and then it not leading to material change, as a revolutionary cadre organization, your political education should address all those things It should make sure people have a full understanding by asking them. um, You know, so we talked about, like, fascism, right? Like, so what is fascism? People define it, then we say, uh, what is the dialectical connection between fascism and class struggle, right? So that's like a a building question to make sure you fully understand it, right? And that's helping you get grounded in the ideology. And then we're gonna make sure it has a material impact via decolonization programs. And so that's why I value um, RPE cadres as a part of the whole of organization, right? And so... Again, I think when, when Sadiq was here, right, he was talking about what, what folks should do um, as what we're going to be talking about imperialism on today's episode. Um, he was talking about what folks should do to combat imperialism, and he mentions like, P.E., and P.E. is very important, but your P.E. should do those things. It should make sure you have a full understanding. It should uh, make sure that it's—make sure you have a full understanding. It should guide you to, make, to, to the correct interpretations, and it should lead to material impact. And not a lot of a lot of folks are missing that, which is why like you can't invest too much time in Twitter and you can't invest too much time into these quote unquote PE circles that aren't leading to anything materially, right? Because yeah. again, the real application of understanding if you got the real, if you actually interpreting this the right way, is your actions. Straight up, I mean, to be an anti-imperialist means to
0: act. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? To, to be, be a revolutionary, anti- <laughs> act. To be an anti-imperialist means you have to create. You feel me? Because if you anti something, you also have to create something. To challenge imperialism, you don't just challenge it through your thoughts or through your studies. Yeah, it's a part of it. But to challenge imperialism, you have to create a revolutionary organization, a revolutionary cadre organization. You have to create a nation <laughs> to be able to fight back against this imperialist beast. <laughs> known as the so-called United States of America with three Ks. <laughs>
1: Which gets us into the, today's episode. is imperialism. In decay, decay or, or decline, decline, you know. And first, we yeah we should start for all my Marxist Leninists out there. <laughs> imperialism, known to Marx and Lenin, is the highest stage of capitalism. I think to make it really simple for folks who don't even know who Marx and Lenin are, uh, and just for people who want to understand what imperialism is, we try to keep it simple. You can think of it when a, a capitalist nation's a capitalist nation takes their endeavors abroad, like when. So when the U.S. goes and establishes a Africom, you can think of that as, which is the Africa Command. You can think of that as imperialism. When, when the U.S. goes into Venez, Venezuela, <laughs> Cuba, uh, anywhere in Latin America, you can look at that as imperialism.
0: U.S. corporations, supported by the CIA and U.S. militaries, like Nestle, setting up colonies <laughs> in the continent to. Extract cocoa it's imperialism and and Kruma talks about neocolonialism being the highest stage, being the most uh violent stage uh of imperialism is neocolonialism setting up sham independence in these colonies, and where all uh where it gives all the outward trappings um, of being independent, but truly it is still subjected to colonialism, subjected to the the mother colony of pan-europeanism. The United States of NATO Right So that's
1: what we're fighting Is is neocolonialism And it's important that We understand these words Right And The way that they manifest In our daily lives Because What uh, The imperialist What the (laughs) neocolonialist Does What the capitalist does Is it brainwashes you So that you start to You can't even recognize What you're being subjected to Right And so once you can name That imperialism capitalism, neocolonialisms are the reasons why uh, you have to pay for housing, why you have these outrageous prices for gas, why you have uh, a half a million people in the United States sleeping on the streets, why you have like 30 million people without health care, and why you have uh, new Africans in this country uh, being, a, being incarcerated in state prisons at five times the rate of of white Euro-Americans, if you begin to understand these things as all byproducts of capitalism, imperialism, neocolonialism, you'll understand why these things need to go. And then it should lead you to, uh, hopefully, a revolutionary cadre organization. So for the folks here in Oakland who start to understand why, again, we have houselessness, why uh, our schools are being shut down, why rent is so damn high, it's because of imperialism, capitalism, neocolonialism.
0: Definitely. I encourage people to check out neocolonialism, the last stage of imperialism by Nkrumah. Definitely gives a accurate analysis of of the time as well as the current condition conditions Mm -hmm. that we is facing. Um, but you know, with the, the us to this episode though, what leads us? Yeah. Like, why are
1: we talking about this?
0: So, uh, you know, you see people saying, "Oh, the U S is crumbling. The U S imperialist beast is decaying. It's a, it's a dying order. Uh, you know, that's a. I feel like I've been a popular talking point uh, by, from the left. By, on a CIA infiltrated You know what I'm saying?
1: See, I infiltrated a CIA ran app.
0: And that analysis is going everywhere. I feel like, oh, yeah. It's like America's just going to self-explode. America's just going to, the fighting is going to turn inside, and the colonies are the different factions of, you know, the white supremacists. Uh, several colonizers are just going to beef it out and you know what I'm saying or like imperialism just going to end yeah and
1: like there are some contradictions in capitalist imperialism that will lead to a situation where it can no longer exist as it does but as we know it will just morph and that's why we got to be careful <laughs> with saying like oh imperialism is in decay out of the contradiction we have, we have to watch and see what happens out of the contradictions right As opposed to just making that statement, because as we know, it always morphs to find a way to again expand the empire.
0: Imperialism is in a constant state of expansion, constant state of expansion and change. That's what dialectical and historical materialism teaches if applied correctly, Mm -hmm. right? So we're seeing it in a constant state of change. And uh, you know why this is happening, or why these, you know, it's. I would say it's in the state of decline. But we also know when things are in a state of decline that imperialism, too, can expand and change into different ways. Yeah, the conditions is shifting, which, uh, in my opinion, what I would argue make revolution more uh, easily attainable as the world conditions shift. Obviously, we've seen with World War II, you feel me, what happened post-World War II, you know, uh, nations that was colonized and began to get their independence. It was a little easier because Europe (laughs) was fighting each other, you feel me, there was... Losing wars, fighting wars, economies is is crumbling, and that made it the conditions for African nations uh, to fight for independence. Now, obviously, neo-colonialism was installed, and the U.S. came out as a hegemonic uh, power, which means the top dog, out of the pan-European structure. Uh, But now we're seeing why I would say it's in decline, is seeing this shift, especially with this uh, Russia special operation in Ukraine. You know the U.S. looked at it as as a way to engage with Russia, right? A way to try and weaken Russia's economy, but in a lot of ways, it's backfired. And if we see Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we see uh, again imperialism as a constant state of expansion, we see the United States military uh, leaving Afghanistan, and then right away, what do they do? Get involved in this special operation, get involved with Ukraine, supporting Ukraine, giving five billion dollars, over five billion dollars in military and econ- economic aid to the neo-Nazi Ukrainian regime. And out of this conflict, you know their goal is to obviously uh, cripple Russia econ- uh, economically through war, but also through sanctions, but in many ways it's backfired, completely backfired. <laughs> like, okay, we're going to cripple Russia's economy, but the opposite effect has actually happened. Russia's economy has gotten stronger uh the ruble uh is actually expanded while the dollar is inflation and yeah, we know inflation is about capitalists. the capitalist is actually seeking huge and massive uh economic benefits, but it'll be a lie to say that you know the dollar didn't take a hit as well, you know um the euro <laughs> first time it was the same as a dollar in like twenty years, so the mm-hmm. European economy is taking a hit. You know, um, European gas, (laughs) because Russia was getting or Europe was getting a lot of gas from Russia that has shifted. And now these nations like uh, Venezuela, uh, nations like Iran that have been subjected to U.S. imperialist sanctions, which is sanctions are just warfare by another means. Now, Russia has essentially uh, developed more economic and military cooperation between Iran has devel- developed more economic cooperation to Venezuela to where now the U.S. sanctions, the hegemonic power that the dollar has had on those nations, it isn't as significant because now Russia and now also China is working with these nations to where now they have a, a alternative system where they're changing the currency. They're not trading in dollar. They're trading in the Russian currency or they're mm-hmm. trading in the uh, Iranian currency to make those currencies stronger, which now, economically speaking, you're creating this multipolar world. Where there's the U.S. just isn't the top dog, and there's actual viable economies outside of you know the U.S. stranglehold. So I say all that. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> may, it may say it's, nah. it's, it's a complex. Also, I'm, I'm writing an article on this too. So, but um, it's a complex situation. But out of that contradiction, you could say that the hegemonic power of the dollar is shifting. But does that mean we're gonna be free? <laughs> You feel me? Does that mean that all you know the conditions for us are improved are improved? Are, you know the, the conditions for revolution have ripened, but if we don't have no revolutionary cadre organization built, or if we don't even have a a nation or a strong organization, how are we going to even be able to be a part of this new developing multipolar world, to where we could have access access to that, <laughs>
1: and we'll you know? also still be like relying on. These other powers to be sympathetic To our cause Right um, I, I, Again you just pointed to a bunch of ch- contradictions That are arising out of US capitalist imperialism And uh, The shifting of the entire world You get something like uh, BRICS Which is what Brazil, Russia India, China and South Africa Like there's mm-hmm. there.
0: Now you have uh, Iran applying for membership yeah. Other countries now applying for membership yeah.
1: But even In a that in itself is filled with contradictions. When you have very capitalist nations involved in that, right? And what what arises out of this is yeah, we just got to see how the contradictions play out. You know, where you have someone like South Africa involved. You know what I'm saying? Like that settler colonial nation, right? Um,
0: Neo-colonial nation in many ways. Yeah,
1: it'll it'll be there will be many contradictions that arise out of this, and for new Africans, uh, for all oppressed peoples of the world fighting for sovereignty, you have to be able to recognize historically what has happened that folks who are, especially in, as it pertains to Europe and the rest of the world, folks who were once uh, enemies can become allies. Folks that are allies can once be, can soon become enemies. Um, and for us, what will protect us from being the, a pawn in this game is national unity, <laughs> is nationhood, is Self-determination sovereignty. Self-determination, is <laughs> That's the only thing that can protect us from this is where you get it so, to where we won't just be a piece on the chessboard, you know like we all roads lead to national unity self-government and national independence that's where all roads lead to specifically for new africans because as people make the claims again that uh, imperialism is, is in decline well how has new african colonial subjugation how has new african subjugation to imperialism shifted since this war higher UK, gas prices since, since BRICS. Because <laughs> we still out there feeding people every Sunday, and they know shit don't ain't looking too much better. Is it still locked up? But how is it changing for us in, in, in reality? Um, and that's just something we got to be conscious of. And again, we're only theorizing right now because we have to see what happens out of the contradictions, but our theories are based on uh, history, a historical materialist analysis based on who owns the means of production and distribution. And of it's everything.
0: part of the current condition, though, as yeah. well. Like it is part of theory, but it's also analysis of now nah, the current condition of the new African. From this shifting world order is what is happening? You know, and I think people also will argue that imperialism will just be defeated outside of like the colonies, you know, out of colonies that are being or that are getting their freedom. You know, what I'm saying uh-huh. there are be- uh, nations that are becoming more independent uh, and away from the heel of imperialism that all of a sudden that, you know, imperialism is in decline and the U.S. isn't a big military power. That ain't true. You know, or that imperialism is, is about to end because other nations uh, are practicing self-determination and independence. Yeah, a few nations might be able to, but if the beast still exists, is, is humanity going to be
1: free? And what line are these these newly liberated nations pushing? Not many of us. We talk about bricks, Like, what does that mean when folks not pushing scientific socialism and folks not pushing? Like, are we trying to save humanity. That's not coming out these leader mouths. Where yeah. in the you know in the past you get someone like a Chairman Mao who's saying like this is about humanity. This is about liberating all peoples. Most folks have their own national interest. And Russia, I mean Russia for the mean?
0: most part, you know is they're doing what interests Russia. Their own national interest, <laughs> which, which I get. I get. Which is you why know? I'm pushing for
1: the Republican new because you're going to do We have best our, for you, we have our national interest
0: until we can birth this new world. You feel me? But yeah. also, how do we end imperialism is the question. You know what I'm saying? If, if we as anti imperialist it means we want to end imperialism. Mm-hmm. Imperialism isn't going to end just by this multipolar world being developed. But that multipolar polar world will allow different contradictions and um, make the conditions greater or, or better, I would say. Ain't ever going to be no perfect condition. But imperialism is only going to end by it ending by the U.S. imperialist beast being destroyed, <laughs> it can't coming exist. to an end.
1: It, it can't exist, and when imperialism is defeated, um, America and Pan Europeanism in all of its facets will be destroyed. Like there, it can't be an inkling of it for us to even be able to trace that that is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there will be no, there will no longer be in America. There will no longer be a NAFTA or any other form of pan-Europeanism. Like, it it won't exist. You feel me like it will have to be eradicated completely to where you won't even be able to recognize it. And the pillars and morals and values that sustain it, again, expansion, conquering, uh, colonizing, those things will no longer exist. And until that happens, you cannot say imperialism is gone. The United States of America cannot exist. That flag cannot exist. Government as it functions cannot exist. The means of production distribution of wealth as it functions cannot exist for us to say that imperialism is defeated. And that's, that's just a fact. Yeah. And for imperialism to be defeated, we have to see. Um, we have to defeat it. Yeah, it has, it has to be defeated. It ain't <laughs> well, just going to gonna be
0: die because of old age. It has to be defeated. We have to become our own liberators. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. We have to eliminate from the belly of the beast
1: that's what and history destroy imperialism. Showing. In African movements, shit—the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution—it was the uh, the colonizer, and it, it was it was turned up in the mother colony. Period, so, point mean,
0: blank. I yeah. mean, if you look at you know the analogy of like the U.S. as like an octopus, and the the center is the United States, the so-called United States is 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 the is the head of the octopus. And then it has tentacles in Venezuela, tentacles in uh, Ghana, tentacles in South Africa, uh, tentacles throughout the world, where it has uh, imperialistic control over over nations. If you cut off one tentacle, what's going to happen? Another tentacle going to grow. We've seen that you cut off the tentacle of Afghanistan, and then the next tentacle goes to <laughs> Ukraine, fighting Russia. You cut off uh, a tentacle in somewhere else, and then the next tentacle is going to Taiwan and trying to influence to bring China into war. So the logical conclusion is to go for the head and where the head <laughs> this is right here in the so-called United States of America. That's why George himself, George himself said, we are in, the, we are on the inside. We're the only ones who can get at the monster's heart without subjecting the world to nuclear fire. We have a momentous historical world to act out. If we will, the whole world for all time in the future will love us and remember us as the righteous people who made it possible for the world to live on.
1: That's what folks are got to realize, is that <laughs> we these monsters bro. are so sick that they will definitely blow the world up. They will blow the world up, if that's what it comes to.
0: They will. I mean, they will. Like Literally, in, in some of their nuclear codes, that's what it is. Oh, if the United States is struck by uh, a nuclear missile... Th- th- and let's say the U.S. is destroyed. They have missiles. We don't even know where. <laughs> that will automatically go off. <laughs> if the U.S. falls. The, the missiles will automatically go off. And we playing with nuclear powers here? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it ain't nothing to play with. It ain't nothing to play with. But. It's the likelihood of the U.S. If, you know it's a. War for independence being fought here. Are they going to blow up all the United States themselves? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't put nothing past. them. I don't put nothing <laughs> past, <laughs> past <laughs> the enemy. That's for sure. But I, I know they will use them. nuclear war with other countries first before they use it internally. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a fact. That's a
1: yeah. that's a fact. Hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. Again, these are some of the most immoral, inhumane, vicious monsters to walk. Planet Earth. Period. The capitalist corporate elites that govern this world via imperialism, bro, they're so disconnected from the rest of humanity, there's no telling what they would do. But also, they're so consumed with self that as long as they're here, like you said, they probably wouldn't do that. But they also... Hate Humanity so much, thus hating themselves, they might blow this motherfucker up <laughs> and they're gonna put themselves in some
0: like fucking ice cube shit you know and send saying? themselves a to chamber. the moon and then they're gonna come back 50 years later and recolonize the earth.
1: Like <laughs> they will do some shit like and, that, man. but sci fi movies coming true. Regardless, <laughs> we know that uh, revolution is a possibility. Revolution is here the same way that uh, fascism is here, so is revolution. Same way now, it's just in phases though. And we're in the phase of class struggle For national unity As it pertains to the New African independence movement That's where we are sure, As it
0: pertains to the liberation of humanity Because if yeah. New Africa is here Is liberated Is free from Civil uh, colonial control Is free from this neo Neocolonialism The world gonna be <laughs> The world gonna be If the US is the biggest purveyor of violence in the world And we are free As a people Here it's going to be like a ticking time bomb to freedom for everybody else. Because everything points back to that top dog, to the top dog, to the top oppressor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the United States of America. And if it was another country, that analysis would shift. <laughs> but the U.S. is the biggest power. It's an undisputable fact. It's the biggest power in the world.
1: And I, again, it's the point to drive home. Like We should be... For for the specific reason of seeing the end of U.S. imperialism, uh, folks should be happy at the shifting of a multipolar economic world. Right? Um, it's still all roads lead for your for oppressed people to be organized and to be unified. Just because we don't know how this is gonna play out. Um, like you said, it's shifting again. They might be moving. They might have left Afghanistan. Where'd they go? Russia. <laughs> they might. They left
0: Afghanistan where they launched more troops in Sudan.
1: You know they might get out of the Ukraine, but what are they doing now? They in Taiwan. Taiwan. <laughs> you feel me? So it's like they're going to keep playing the game because they have the means to
0: do it. Um, and it's a even if they take military losses, they is making hell of money. Right the weapons us, industry. How much? The inflation. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, inflation, like, like, like it's hurting. The, the the new African You're turning mm-hmm. the colonized person the most But the capitalist elite They's raking in dollars They's raking in hell shit That's why Bezos is doing what he's doing That's why uh, Elon is doing what he's doing They is making billions off this shit Barrels of crude oil
1: go down But the cost <laughs> of a gallon of gas goes up Bro that's why they hit their lick They hit their lick off gas for two months Now with the prices They're lower again You know they ain't back what it
0: was But they hit their lick They knew okay We we gonna be able to take advantage of, of them For a couple of months all right, month three, all right, this is getting a little spunky. All right, let's lower the gas prices now. Everybody cool. I mean <laughs> tensions they, is calmer. <laughs> it, an
1: article that I was reading, they was saying, like, you know, they know when they can lower the gas prices, but they ease their way into it to keep the to keep the profit margins high. Can lower this, they can lower the gas in a day if they want. But that's not I must do it slowly to keep increasing profit. And because what? The people are so brainwashed and thus brain dead. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was getting tripping
0: over this gas price. I remember this this gas station charged me 175. I'm over here like I forget that when you do your credit card, there's like a pre authorization that's more than what you pay for. Mm-hmm. I went back over. I said, "Bro, you charged me this shit. I need my money now."
1: My like, bro, don't play with my yeah. money. <laughs> it's just again, all roads lead back to us new being, African independence. It, it all leads sovereignty. Back to, it all leads back to it because we can't we can determination we can't leave our humanity, our livelihood, up to other people who ain't us. You can't. We can't leave it up to Putin. We can't leave it up to whoever. <laughs> Sorry, uh, in Venezuela, whoever the fucking Cuba. We can't leave it up to whoever in China, Korea, Japan. We got to become our own. We liberators. have to be our own liberators. And that
0: doesn't mean we don't uh, try and get support from outside nations. We do we that. need support. We're we going need to need that for it, a fact. So when we're saying that, don't take it as that. What we're saying is we need to build a machine, a political machine, a vessel, (laughs) a vessel for our freedom. That's what we have to do. And until we build that machine, we will never be free. We'll be subjected to oppression.
1: And the fact remains that there are revolutionary forces in these places, period. That's the contradiction. For reactionary forces, there are revolutionary forces. And so what this will do, I was talking to Sadiq about this. I'm like, yeah, like... I'm interested in seeing the contradictions that arise out of BRICS, but also this will connect the revolutionary forces of those different nations. It's going to connect them, period. Uh, What economics comes social and political unification in some facet. It comes comes exposure to those nations that you linked up with economically in some Mm -hmm. fashion. And so... Out of these contradictions will arise the unification of revolutionary forces. And so while we will be dealing with, again, people who have their own national interest in, at heart, there are revolutionary forces who are aligned with us in understanding right. that ending imperialism is about saving humanity. Right. Revolution is about saving humanity, about taking humanity forward.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a great point around there always being revolutionary forces, even wherever it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because that's a fact. I think it's uh, saying word for word, but uh, Imam Khomeini, he said some. Around, like, the Saudis, right? The Saudis is an occupation force. They, it's funded by the West. But he says something. I look forward to the day where uh, righteous Muslims come in control <laughs> of Saudi Arabia. Because <laughs> then they can control of all the weapons, of all the yeah. things. And now it's for humanity. Same way we well, <laughs> look forward to righteous new Africans here <laughs> taking control, getting independence, and taking technical control over the black belt. Mm-hmm. All the technology has been developed now, using it for the greater good of humanity, rather than the destruction and exploitation of humans.
1: The fact it's going to take effort. It's going to take effort. It's going to take sitting hard around, work. Sitting around waiting for this. Dedication. Here, yeah, sitting around waiting hard for it to work. blow up in front of your face. It's going to waiting for a long time.
0: Even if it uh, do blow up in front of your face, what's going to be next, nigga? What's going to be next? All right, the U.S. self explodes into civil war. What,
1: what do you think going to happen to you? You just gonna be able to sit inside the house and play Xbox. The poor are always the, the poor in the working class are always the first ones to suffer, the uh, the woes of defeat. I can't remember what I was reading recently, What it was talking about Ooh, was it in Kruma? Fuck, might have been something you shared with me. But it was talking about uh, how after World War II. it might have been Nigeria. I don't care remember Seko Toure. What <laughs> it was? Uh, but he was one like, of these after, Africans. He was like after World War II. You feel me? It was the working class folks of Germany who had to suffer uh, essentially at the hands of like all the economic sanctions, right? It was like a, some, they had to pay for like damages caused, as, right? And it was it was Secretary. He was saying that, uh, that it was their master of technology and essentially energy that allowed them to pay off them debts quick. But the point I'm making here is like, bro, it's going to be the working class people that suffer at the hands of imperialism. First, at the hands of this shifting the global we'll, we'll be the first ones to suffer if civil war shit break out right we're going to be the ones that have to pay for the uh the the inhumane of this settler colonial nation even if we again never even wanted to be here under these conditions we're going to be the first ones to have to suffer we, we're already here you just talked about it gas housing healthcare, education you know how many schools they just closed in oakland double digits And the privatization of the education sector continues to happen. The privatization of natural human, things that are human rights continues to happen. And it's going to be the poor that are the first ones to suffer. You talked about recessions and inflation. The capitalists ain't losing, the capitalists not not suffering, we are. When all that COVID-19 shit happened and motherfuckers was running to the store buying up all that toilet paper and shit, they made money, we lost money. All the hand sanitizer (laughs) You lost
0: your job. (laughs) They led you off They increased the profits They increased the prices of the goods
1: <laughs> It'll be us It'll be us that uh, that suffers And what needs to happen Is uh, like, like B said A political vessel, a political ideology Manifested in political programming And that is not going to happen out of a vacuum that is not going to happen. Out of that mass contradiction at that moment, it's going it's to happen. Idealism that says it. It's going to. Be, it's, it's. That's going to be the result of constantly responding to the contradictions in real time, constantly heightening the consciousness, heightening the awareness. That's going to happen. So that when everything reaches a boiling point, we also reach a boiling point. It's dialectical. When imperialism reaches its boiling point, we as revolutionary nationalist cadre organizations should also be at our highest. Straight up And that's not going to happen Out of a vacuum That shit going to take practice Again if your block Your sector Became a liberated territory Right now as, as Kwame Nkrumah calls it Do you have the means To govern that sector Do you yeah, have the means To feed To feed people To provide health care To provide health care To provide clothing
0: Baby food grow your Baby own food products?
1: You when they sanction your ass Like they always do Grow your own produce Like do you have the means To do that Or are you building The international relations Right now Excuse me to tap in with folks to where they can sing you something. These are all things that need to be on your mind or else you're just idealist. You're hoping that you can will it to happen by your thoughts alone. Or that some higher power will come in and manifest it for you. Nah, it's gonna take material work to create the conditions so that you may be able to again manipulate the matter in the world around you in the way that you see fit. That's what freedom and sovereignty is. Manipulating the world around you, what they can say matter, right, to be used as you see fit. And as we see fit, it's for the better of humanity. What George say, I could, I could spend better time than uh, cleaning streets and <laughs> working in the factory. Pass that to the technology. It's better things that we could be doing with our time, bro, than driving around 14 hours a day for DoorDash. Driving around doing Uber. Working at Tesla. Building cars you can't afford. Packaging shit at Amazon. Things that you can't afford. Driving two hours to your job You you mean to tell me It ain't nothing better You can do You know there is Come on You know there is And so These are the questions That we must beg To ask ourselves Is imperialism In decay or decline And what does that mean For the rest of humanity
0: And what is our role And what is our obligation As new Africans What is our obligation Not only to ourselves To our people But to humanity And to our motherland Hello, black